Buenos dias. I'm sorry. Good morning. It's been, been a week full of Spanish, and I'm fluent. No, I'm just kidding. We're not, none of us were fluent in Spanish, so we, we had some translators. But uh, we're so glad you're here this morning. I'm Caleb. I'm part of the staff team here, and I was also part of this mission trip. And so uh, if you look on the back of your bulletin, you notice you have some uh, points for a sermon that I'm not going to preach. Uh, Jamie is uh, in the bed sick this morning. Pastor Jamie's sick today. Even if he was here, we'd already planned to do something different with that because this mission trip needs more than a few minutes to show you what God did in the lives of some people in Mexico and some people in Tacoa, Georgia. And um, so we're going to video that message when Jamie feels better this week. We'll post it online. You can sit there and watch it, fill in those blanks just like you're watching today. But today it's going to be about what God did in Mexico and in the lives of those uh, on both sides of that trip. Um, we were able to take 46 people. You were able to send 46 people uh, to Mexico from this church. To, um, and I'll tell you, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about it later. Uh, we're going to have some, some testimony here. But it, um, it was an awesome week. It, it, was in, it was incredible. And while we're talking, go ahead and open your Bible to, uh, to Acts 26. And we'll, we'll start in verse 19 here in just a minute. Um, but... Dan, Dan, Dan White's going to come on up here, and, and uh, we're going to read some scripture here in just a minute. But it, uh, it was an amazing trip. It was amazing uh, in the ways we expected it to be, but it was more amazing in the ways that we did not expect God to work. And you're going you're gonna, to, the first service was incredible, and, and you're going to experience that today too, uh, to hear the hearts of some of our people. But, uh, but Dan, Dan's going to read us in scripture. If you'll stand, let's read this together. So we're going to be in Acts. So, King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you, your great learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I'm not out of my mind. Most excellent Festus. But I utter words of sober truth, for the king knows about these matters, and I speak to him also with confidence, since I am persuaded that none of these things escape his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, in a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would wish to God that whatever in a short or long time 
not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Thank you, Dan. You can be seated. And this is Paul's words. He had uh, been accused by the Jews. This is right before he was taken into Rome. And he was given uh, an opportunity to defend himself. And he chose to tell and use his story to call others to repentance. And that's exactly what was a- we were able to do this week is to step into Mexico and to, uh, to build a couple houses. Dan, uh, Dan White was part of that crew. And uh, his sister Callie and their dad Phil, you may know them, they were uh, part, part of our crew. And um, one thing that, <clears throat> there'll be a lot of memories from this trip, but one thing that I won't forget, uh, and we'll tell you a little bit more details about this later, but at, after these houses were ready, uh, we had a key ceremony where we, where we passed the keys uh, to, the, to the homeowners, to, to the families we were building them for. And we passed that key around everybody, uh, spoken to the, to the family's life through a translator and what Dan said stuck with me. He said, he said, this is a key to a house, but it's you that makes this a home. And I'll, I'll remember that. It's just one of those memories uh, that, that I'll take back from that trip. But we were just in opportunities like that. We were able to gain their trust, build a little relationship over them for three or four days, um, and be able to, to share the gospel with them. We found that a lot of them were, were believers and already connected to the church, but we were reinforcing that. We were building a relationship with them. We were strengthening relationships with each other. There are people uh, on this trip who uh, I had somebody tell me, I, I've known that person for 10 years, and I didn't have their cell phone number in my phone. And I saw those two people hugging before they got off the bus the other night. It, it was a lot of relationship building, but it all came back to our story. And you're part of that story, and we'll, we'll talk about that too. But we're going to bring some people up, and we're going we're gonna to share just a little bit. So if Stephen and Kristen, where, where is the waters? Did they get in here yet? So there they are. Stephen and Kristen Waters, uh, of course, you may know them from their involvement here. Kristen's very involved in our children's ministry. Stephen's actually on staff here part-time. If you uh, hear something you like in this room, it's his fault. And if you hear something you don't like in this room, it's Stephen's fault. And uh, he's, he runs our, uh, our sound. I got another one right here for you. And uh, he's, our, he's our guy in here. But anyway, they, they went on this trip, took their entire family except for little May. And uh, we're going to let them speak. So tell us a little bit. You were on the, uh, the, the I call it the other house because it was not the crew I'm on. But uh, we built two of those houses, and you were on the other site. So, Stephen, tell us a little bit about how that went and, and how that's uh, affected your life since last week. So we were on the, what they call the D house. The D house was the larger house. And... Um, when we showed up the first day, all that was there was a concrete slab. Uh, no walls, nothing painted, just raw wood. And the first day, um, we put the walls up and the other, we, had, we were separating the two crews. We had the construction crew, then we had the paint crew. And I was on the construction crew, and so we built the walls the first day uh, and had the side known, and we did the rafters, and then on day two, uh, the sheetrock went up, and we had the uh, we wired the house. And the third day was more or less just touching up and getting uh, the windows and the doors and the, the trim done on it. That's awesome. We we were uh, actually on the B house, which we call the the B is for better the better house. And um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, it uh, it was it was awesome to be able to. Um, to go in there and use that little bit of a time for construction as just a, 
um, a means to communicate is really is really what that what that was for uh, because those people have, um, although we, we had known their names for a while and been praying for them ahead of time they didn't know us until we stepped on the ground and uh, so we just had a very little bit of time to gain trust uh, with them and, and with their kids um, to be able to uh, to gain their trust in order to to even let us play with their kids and you know and and build the home that they'll that they'll live in so Kristen tell us about any special connections you made there or how this has affected, affected you and your family? Well, it was a really cool experience, and we had decided pretty much as soon as we heard about the trip that we wanted to go um, and take our kids because, um, you know, just to show them that there's a big world out there and there's a lot of hurting people and just how much we're blessed and fortunate to be to live where we live in um so the whole um, theme of Yugo this year is the kingdom. And um, each day we had um, chapel. And one of the nights the preacher was talking about we all are building a kingdom. And it's either you're building your kingdom or God's kingdom. And um, so me and Christian, he came up to me afterwards and we were just talking. And um, he was just saying how he realized that he was kind of building his own kingdom and how he needed to, like, see that it's not just about him, that he's, like, building, he needs to build God's kingdom. And so that was pretty cool just to have that conversation with our 12-year-old. So We did. We heard a lot of uh, comments like that along when We would debrief a little bit. But a lot of that debriefing just happened in the courtyard or in the van or wherever you were because you're just living this, you know, for the week. But, um a lot of that gets crammed into just a few days, so those conversations just happen naturally. But I did hear a lot of adults and teenagers uh, say, you know, they, they said a little more than this, is, this has taught me to appreciate what I have. It was more like it's taught me to look for serving opportunities around me where I live, and you don't have to go 2,000 miles to find that. And uh, although we do, there's those opportunities here, here too. So tell us, um, you've talked a little bit about why you wanted to sign up and go, and, and, and I think you said uh, maybe in first service that you knew immediately that this is something you want to do, but you hadn't done it before, so talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, uh, I have never been on a mission trip. This is the first one that I have ever been on, um, and when they had said something about going to Mexico to Ensenada, uh, when I got home, I told Kristen, I said, I want to go on this trip, and it worked out that <clears throat> we were, it was during fall break, and there was no football games, and nothing was going on, so nobody was missing anything. And just to be able to go and to spend time with his family that we were, we were there with and his kids and just to work along beside him uh, with him and his wife and his kids where we built this house for them. And the, you know, just the look on their face when they got the keys and walked inside and to see what we had did in just three days started from concrete to a finished house versus what they were living in. And it's very, it's very heartwarming. And I told uh, Pastor Jamie Monday, I said, when are we coming back? Because I'm ready to go. We ain't left yet. So it's very amazing experience. It's pretty awesome to see uh, somebody like Stephen who's, who says, you know, I've never been on a mission trip. Uh, to We had a hard time getting him back on the plane to leave from down there. So um, it, it is... Uh, it was some. It was some awesome God moments uh, in there, and 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 it's just a joy to be able to 
give you a little, a little taste of that this morning. But if anybody in this room or anybody watching this online now or later or whatever has ever felt uh, a draw toward a mission trip of any kind, it may be across the street, it may be in Kentucky, it may be in Nicaragua or Mexico or whatever, uh, speak to that a little bit. What, what hesitations uh, should they forget about or t- 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 talk about why somebody should go? Well, to begin with, I didn't have any hesitations. And then the last few days before, I was like, if I hadn't paid the money, I probably wouldn't have gone because I really didn't want to leave May. But um, God worked it out. She didn't have any problems, um, and, and I was okay. Um, I was scared. I was worried about crossing the border. I, you know, I had all my other kids with me, um, and it wasn't. We had an incident when we left the church after we got home that was more scary than the whole time we were in Mexico. Um, I mean, there was just, we had absolutely no incidents. And I know that that's God protecting us, and I know, uh, but absolutely, like, and I would take May back the, ne- <laughs> the next time. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was it was a really awesome experience, and um, I just feel like that seeds were planted in my kids' lives and our lives together, and just, it was just really cool to be a part of something bigger than just me. Absolutely. Let's give them a hand. I'm going to ask the, uh, the Bachelor family and the Hortons, uh, minus James. James is also a little under the weather this morning, so we're going to have Dana and the girls come up. And One thing we did, uh, like we've mentioned before, there were two job sites where we were building, but right next door, both of these were connected to the same church, same pastor, um, but right next door was a... Uh, was the church to one of our build sites so these ladies um were able to put on a vbs at that church and so they were able to canvas the neighborhoods and uh walk up and all these crazy terrain that we were working in and able to to, uh, put on a vbs so you guys tell us a little bit about about vbs and how that went um first laura isn't here laura smith had a really big part in this also and um she had a work trip she had to go to so i just wanted to put her name out there too. She was um, very involved. Um, So this picture is of the last day that's showing now. But um, so for VBS, we planned a lesson for each day. Um, All of us learned joy, joy, joy in my heart. And um, this little lot of mine in Spanish. Um, And we also had a memory verse for that week. And it is, um, I remember it in Spanish, not in English. So um, (laughs) In God, I will trust, I will not be afraid. And that trans- translates into? In Dios, mi confiado, no temere. In Dios, mi confiado, no temere. And that is Psalms fifty six eleven. And so we taught that to the kids. Um, and then Caroline Smith also um, led our music for us that day, or each day. And... Um, just a really big opportunity for us to love on these kids. Um, when they came, we greeted them with bubbles and sidewalk chalk and jump ropes and soccer balls. Um, and the moms came. Um, if they weren't helping on the house, they were there with their kids and just to love on the moms. But I will say I shared some tears with the mom that we were building the bee house for. Um, we just looked at each other and saw Charlie Kate and her daughter, which was the same age, playing together. And we just had that mom moment together and um it was very sweet um to watch them play soccer together um immediate bond and um I just wanted to share that at the key ceremony um there she is with 
the sweet little girl, but um, they also had a baby, and so we would take the baby from the mom and just sing with her um, and play, you know, play games with her so the mom could feel that she was a part of our group as well. Um, but at the key ceremony, they all passed the key, and um, the little girl was just so thankful, and as Charlie Kate was talking, um, it was just, just a special moment for um, me as a mom. Um, Paul was at a different location, so I got to see my girls interact with all the kids there. Um, but the dad said, this is not just a metal key. The, the dad, I think his name is Jayu, J-E-U, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But um, he said, this is an opportunity and um, just not a key. And so that really stuck with me um, for this week. So um, if you ever have a chance, please take it. We took our girls. We had an amazing time as a family. Don't let money be an issue because um, we, we can help with that. So just um, had a great time with the families and the kids and loving on them. Awesome. Dana, tell, talk about VBS, your, your perspective from that. So the first day we were there, we got to go out with our translator and go door-to-door. And it's a little different than door-to-door ministry here. Um, it's kind of like the edge of a cliff with lots of rocks and dirt and um, dogs coming up to you. But it was a lot of fun uh, going door-to-door and inviting the families, the, the little kids, to VBS. And um, so we, we did that, and we had a big turnout. There were about 40 kids there our very first our first day there. And so um, they said that was a big turnout for for that time. We had about six moms um, that came as well, and we wanted to be able to pour into them just as much as we did the children. And, you know, um, being a mom is a challenge, uh, both in Mexico and here in America, but it's also such a blessing. So we wanted to just love on those moms um, and just to let them know they're known by God, they're valuable to Him and worthy of His everlasting love. And um, we just wanted to just encourage them because they have so much that they deal with, not just the normal day-to-day mom jobs that they had to do, but just worrying about were they going to have enough food for their families, were they going to have formula or milk or, um, you know, be able to keep their kid from falling off the edge of the mountain there, you know, um, just all kinds of extra things and stresses that they had in their life. So we just wanted to pour into them and help them to, to know that God is with them no matter what they're going through. And so um, one day we decided we thought it would be a good idea to pack up some supplies and give the moms manicures. And it was just something simple, um, but to them it meant a lot. And they really just enjoyed um, being able to pick out the color and just connect with each other on a one-on-one basis. And that was definitely a highlight of the trip, being able to do that for them. If you've never had the pleasure of uh, traveling through the airports with the VBS crew and all the extra bags, so they have their bags, they have all the VBS supplies. We look like the clampets rolling through there. And you roll, <laughs> you roll up to the, <laughs> to the airline counter and tell them you need to check 75 bags and you're going to get some looks. Uh, but, uh, no, it was awesome. We, they took a bunch of stuff down, bought more stuff while they were there. This crew did an awesome job taking care of those little ones and the families while uh, the houses were, were going up. And so it was a very busy time. But Paul was on the other house. He was on the D crew about a mile away from where we were. Uh, without some mountains, we probably wouldn't have been able to see them. But uh, he was on that cruise. So tell us how, that's, uh, how that went and how it's affected you, Paul. Yeah, so we were on the D house. Um, we kept referring to it as the larger house, which it was. Uh, but to put that into a little bit of perspective for us, uh, the larger house that we built was 440 square feet. Um, this was for a family of six people. Um, and from what they were leaving, they were in a probably a 10 by 15 cardboard 
plywood roof or plywood shack that had you know tarp for roofs and I talked to Louise the dad um, the day we got it dried in the new house dried in and I said you know you could you could sleep here and uh, and he through just hand motions and communication barrier that we did have he pretty much told me that yeah when it does rain um, he just described rain just coming down through the through the ceiling so I know we often talk about you know connecting with people and they don't really care we use this in education a lot they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and I think you know building them a house in three days they found out really quickly uh, how much we cared um, just the conversations we had with them but I kept going back to um, Mark 13 or sorry Mark 12 verse 30 um, they had asked Jesus you know what the greatest commandment was and he said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and your strength the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself and I, and I told Luis in the in the key ceremony I said you know we often think of our neighbor as the one next door or the one across the street or the one we see every day but we drove and flew 2200 miles to build a house for our neighbor um, and I encouraged him that day I said you know continue to do that with your neighbors but uh, it, it was awesome and one of the biggest things for me too was as you said earlier there were a lot of faces that I see here every Sunday that I pass on Wednesday nights and, and we, we shake hands or we say hey to each other but it took traveling 2,200 miles to really get to know some of these guys. Steve Burt, uh, awesome. You guys, if you don't know Steve, just connect with him. Um, he got up on that roof, and we I think at one point we had 12 or 14 kids and adults on that roof trying to get it done. Um, Tim, me and Tim spent the better half of day one just cutting lumber, um, cutting plywood and, and sheeting, um, just spent a lot of time together. Tim's an awesome guy. Steven, we wired house together. We hung sheetrock and... Um, did all that so just building and, and deepening those connections with people that I see every day was was awesome and uh, that was just that was great to see and Charlie Cat you made a special connection uh, with a girl there your age in the in the neighborhood we were working in tell us tell us about that so I made a special connection with the girl there um, she was one of the daughters of the family we were building for her name is Alexa and even though there was a language barrier between us that didn't matter because I could use an app on my mom's phone that could translate what I wanted to say to her and what she wanted to say to me. And I asked her once on the day I met her if she knew that Jesus is her Savior, and she said yes. I also asked her what her favorite thing to do was, and she said she liked to play soccer. I knew that moment we were going to be best friends and that we had a lot in common. I made some rubber band bracelets um, and raised money and I used that money to go to Walmart and buy herself and her family um, things and also for their house. And, and even though they didn't have a lot of money, she, st she still went to her local store and got me something. And we also got matching t-shirts it was really, I was really thankful I got to go, and I hope I could go back next year. Um, it was really a blessing for me and Alexa. And Hallie and Ellie Claire, you think if uh, anybody uh, hasn't been and, and gets the opportunity, you think, they should, you think they should sign up and go? Yes, they should. It was a really life-changing week to get to do that. Awesome. Together. 
Charlie Kate mentioned the language barrier and what she said, and, and that's, that is a, an issue down there. But, you know, with technology, it gets better. But a lot of times, the technology is not really what you need. I, even, I remember back in the, when we first started traveling to Nicaragua, and one of some of the best translators, uh, if any of you have been, you know, some of the best translators there are are called soccer balls. You can just drop that ball on the ground, and there, that's, the language barrier is done. Um, but I saw something unique while we were there. We ate lunch in the church every day. Like I mentioned, our house was right next door to the church. And we were in there eating lunch one day. And Crosby's kid Jackson, I don't know where Crosby is. But Crosby's kid Jackson, five years old, sitting in the dirt, nasty with the other kids out there. You know, just been playing in the dirt all day. And he was speaking English to this kid about his age. And the kid would laugh. And he would speak Spanish back to him. And he would laugh. And it just... <laughs> It was hilarious, but it made me realize that there's a whole lot more to communicating than just what they hear. And, uh, and so it was a learning experience for, for, for all of us uh, that a lot of the things that, you know, we, we all left a little part of ourselves there, but we all brought some things back that we probably needed to bring home too. And so we appreciate them being up here today. Give them a hand as they go down. And here, I'll take this one. As they're going down, we're going to ask Layla Worley and... Glenn Jordan, who we call Pop, come on up. And Layla and Glenn, they were on the they were on the better house, right? They were on the B house, and so um, best. We uh, we spent a lot of time together th this week, and and um, got to see a lot of cool things. And so, Pop, you start off and tell us uh, tell us about building on the B house and how how it affected you. Are you texting somebody? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yes. Could you, could you maybe tell them in Spanish? No, don't do that. I'm just joking. Uh, what was the question? Tell, tell us about uh, building on the on the job site and how that went and how it affected you. Uh, building on that job site was like uh, building a treehouse here on the ground. Uh, their house was, when we built it, it was uh, 18 by 24. That's about the size of our carport, if you have a carport. Uh, the house they come out of was, I don't know, like like a cardboard box, kind of, uh, but 10 by 12, a family of six or five. Um, so building a house was, was easy and being around them was even greater because they was all smiles. I mean, I've never seen anyone smile as much as, as they do. I mean, they don't know, have no idea what we have, what we're blessed with. So their smiles, I told them, I said, you know, this bracelet now I now have from Hugo that I wear all the time until next vacation Bible school. Here we get another one. <laughs> but uh, this bracelet's round like your wedding ring. And it makes a circle. It never ends. And even though I looked around that crowd and uh, I was blessed to be there to travel that far, uh, I looked around and I said, there's no one from Ebenezer older than I am here. I said, I'm the oldest one here. 
I'm retired for two years now almost. So I challenge anyone that's retired or not retired to plan the next trip. Somehow get in there. Or at least one trip in your life. Because we all know that we went out there to, uh, I guess, bless them. We're saying, we're going to bless these people. <laughs> we got blessed. Beyond measure, we got blessed. And the people that we met, uh, just to me, they already had Jesus in their eyes, in their gratitude, in their, great, in their gratefulness. So uh, did I say anything about building a house? Yeah, I think you said a thing or two about building a house. But I tell you what I saw, on, you saw it too on the video, is you saw Layla running around with kids. You saw Layla with a paintbrush in her hand. You saw Layla with a hammer in her hand. She did a little bit of everything, and, uh, and this is something you've been looking forward to for a long time. So tell, tell us about that, and tell us about the week and how, to, how it's affected you. Um, this trip first sparked interest in me when I started watching First Baptist videos from their trip to Mexico. And from watching, I thought, that's just so amazing how they put aside all their fears and worries and just to go spread Jesus' love to those in need. And I thought, why can't I just go down there and do the same? So. She did a great job. Um, there were times when there, we needed all hands to do something, and there were times when there was some standing around for some folks to do. But nobody stood around because folks like Layla were taking the kids and going and making makeshift slides down these hills. You wouldn't let your kids slide down. And um, uh, at one point, I saw Cindy and Layla and some others that had made a, a two, two swords out of some scrap wood that we had. Dan was involved with that. And, and then in about five minutes, we had to make 24 more of those because kids just came out of the neighborhood. So I don't know if we were supposed to go down there and make weapons or not, but we did. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll find out later, I guess. But uh, it, it was great. And is there anything else you all want to add to, uh, to what we got? Is that a yes? Yes. All right, do it. Have I got time? Timer started. <laughs> the friends that we made there, Jesus and Felipe, was two of my favorite friends. And the father was? Jew. Jew. And the little one-year-old was? Montse. She was just like, I wanted to put her in my carry-on, you know? That's illegal. I've done illegal stuff all my life, so that's <laughs> been nothing new for me. It'd be worth it. But relationships with us, for sure. Relationships. Jesus, uh, he was 29, 28-year-old, somewhere along there. So he asked me one day when we was doing drywall. We did a lot of work to together. And Felipe was the pastor there. So there was always... Felipe was right here, and Hazley was right here. And they go, dun, 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 dun. and then I said, "Whoa, what did y'all say?" So Jesus would take a minute and tell me, translate it, kind of give me an idea. But we, it's just a joy to be around them that appreciated us being there. I mean, they really appreciated us being there, and they really. No, knew Jesus. So I asked Jesus, or Jesus asked me about my testimony. 
It took me about two or three minutes, okay, to tell my life testimony. I didn't tell my life, but I told them two or three minutes. So I said, we're still working. I said, well, how about your relationship with Christ? Oh, 45 minutes later, he'll still tell me his testimony. <laughs> so, you know, that's just the way they are. They're so open to the gospel. They love Jesus, and it's the same God that we worship. Let's give them a hand as they head back down. You know, we may never see, and we probably won't see, the full impact of, of what we did. We, we'll probably never meet those people again. There's a chance, I guess, we can make that happen. But um, what I do know is that the 46 of us were just the boots on the ground. But Ebenezer took a mission trip to Mexico. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I know that we had cards out here with names on them, and you picked them up and prayed, and that made you a part of this. But what you may not know is that everybody is a part of this just because of, just gen, because of your generosity. Uh, I, this is just Caleb, the administrator here, talking. But we were able, Ebenezer was able to underwrite $30,000 to go toward this trip to make this affordable for our families to go because we wanted people to take five and six people in their house. And so we were able to cut that cost in half or maybe a little more. You were able to do that. We were able to do that because of your generosity and those boxes right there in the back of this room. And so that makes, that makes all of you missionaries. We just happen to be the people with the hammers in our hands. And I'll tell you, this is going to be the first time you've heard about this, but we were in a vision meeting a few weeks ago. And Pastor Jamie, who's an incredible visionary, and he can dream way out further than I can dream. But he said, here's what I want to do next year. And I, I got his permission to say this to you today is that he said, I want to call it four in 24. I want to go on, I want to put boots on the ground in four places, whether domestically or internationally, in 2024. So there's going to be opportunities. And you're going to hear in a few weeks as we present the budget plans, we have a way to, way to, to, ways to fund that and help fund that to continue to make this uh, affordable for families. Because traveling in airports and stuff is expensive, especially if you're taking your entire house with you. And some people literally took their entire house with them. And... and um, but uh, anyway, we're, we are super pumped. You're going to hear about 4 and 24 very soon. You're going to hear, see some details about that. And you're going to be as excited about it uh, as we are. Um, but uh, it seems like there was something else I was going to tell you. But uh, Crosby's going to come up and, and, and pray for us here. But he's going he's gonna to share a little bit before he does that. But, you know, before we do that, just to show you what you were a part of, even though you may have st not have been on the ground there in Ensenada. We got a little video clip we're going to show you. I am very happy. Because you have given house to my children. I work hard. But sometimes things don't really turn the way we want. But now I will be careful to turn off. He trabajado en todas partes. I work in the air. I work everywhere. He querido darles un hogar. Sigo, sigo. 
I always try to give them a home to my children. Pero a veces no se puede. But I couldn't. Pero Dios me los ha traído. But God has brought you to me. Todos ustedes, to every single one of you guys. Me ha bendecido. I see. I see. Y creo más en Él. And I give. I now believe more in God. Mm. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, y'all can clap. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I, I am so thankful to be a part of a church that cares and loves about missions. Um, and uh, like Caleb said, the four and 24 next year, um, I'm just excited just to be uh, a part of that, and uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I got to take my family, uh, me and my wife, uh, Jenna Lee, and, and my son Jackson, who's five, um, and, uh, you know, it was a little, we were a little hesitant at first, taking a five-year-old on a mission trip to Mexico. Um, you know, honestly, I was worried about uh, leaving him, you know, uh, somewhere in the airport or something like that, of just forgetting him, um, but... Uh, <laughs> That might have been on purpose, um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it was it was a phenomenal phenomenal trip, um, and uh, I'll tell you, it was uh, it it was it was life changing, and and I could not stand up here today, and and be the person I am today if I wouldn't have gone on a mission trip when I was when I was a, a high school senior, and uh, because God absolutely changed my life when I was eighteen years old by going on a mission trip. And, uh, and I'll tell you, just to, just to be around these families and, and be a part of their lives and to see how they're connected to a local church. I mean, we went to a church service, and I had to stand outside and look through a window because there wasn't a single seat in that church. Um, those people travel. They walk miles to get to this church. And I'm not talking about it's not flat. The church was up on the top of a mountain. The house that we were building was, was on the side of a mountain, and the church was at the top of the mountain. Um, and to see the dedication that these people had to go to church, um, even though they, they, they don't have a lot, they were always dressed nice. They were always taking care of us. I, I can never forget um, the dad of the family that we were with. We were working on the roof, and uh, he climbed up that ladder with two big two-liter drinks in his hand and cups, got us drinks up on the roof and served us all drinks while we were working on that house. Just the love that they had for us. I, I told them when we handed them the keys, I said, you know, our job was to come over here and, and extend our hope and, and uh, to be a blessing to y'all, but y'all ended up being a blessing to us more than you'll ever know. And uh, I'll tell you, it was just, it was a special, special time, but just to be a part of that church and, and to see and to witness just, I mean, we had dogs outside with us at the church. Um, we had people standing outside. I mean, there was no room whatsoever. Um, and, uh, and just to see them worship, to see when Pastor Jamie was preaching, they were amening in Spanish. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things a lot of times we take for granted here that we get to come to a place like this, that we get to have air conditioning, we got carpeted floors, we, we've got all that, all the things that we ever can dream of. 
But yet so many times we don't make church a priority in our life. And sometimes we struggle with walking through church doors and, and saying, you know what, I don't, I don't want to get up out of bed this morning and, and go to church. Those people walk miles because church is important to them. Being a blessing to other people is important to them. The love that they have is important to them. And so honestly, it's a challenge for us for when we're going out, you know, to think about, hey, what is, what is being a part of a church body mean in your life? How are you owning your faith? As, as Ebenezer, we, we have the word hope, right? How are we helping others know? How are we owning our faith? How are we pursuing God passionately and extending that hope? How are we doing that here? Because it's one of those things that I saw a lot of that happening when we were over there. That was happening to us. And so it's, it's, it's just one of those things that we can take back and look at our own lives and say, you know what? We need to step up and do a better job of making sure we're extending that hope to other people. Would you pray with me? God, we come to you today, and God, I thank you for this opportunity that we get to, to come here and, and just talk about what you can do in people's lives when they're willing to go. God, how we're able to, to be your vessel and to go and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, it's, and it's an honor to be a part of a church that cares about doing that. So God, I thank you for, for the support. God, I thank you for the team. I thank you for the lives that were changed because there was people that were willing to say, hey, I'm willing to go. So God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the families that were impacted just by us putting together a house. But God, it's their home. So God, I pray that you'll be with us the rest of this service. And it's your name we pray. Amen.